Distance bias. Let's talk about this for a minute. I think distance bias is, and I'm going to define what distance bias is for a second because I'm doing some morning studying and uh, I'm just very intrigued by this because I know for a fact I've made the mistake of distance bias. I know for a fact every manager that I've either either, either employed, employed or have worked with has uh, has implemented um, and made the mistake of distance bias. So I'm going to provide the definition, but I think my, my hope today when getting into distance bias is to help leaders be aware that this is something that is an issue and then provide a really tactical approach to avoiding and never allowing this to happen again. All right. So definition, um, the nearer something is, the greater the value we automatically assign to that. So what I mean by that is the more recent, it's, it's very similar to the sports world where the quote is, uh, what you done for me lately is something I'm going to go off of. You know what? You know what's funny, actually? Let me let me do this. More coaches in the NFL and NBA world need to respect and understand and be taught the variables of distance bias. So let me just make that statement. Because if you look in the NFL, look in the NBA, you have great players that are benched too early at times based off of what you've done for me lately is what I'm going to judge you off of. And so essentially, that is the issue, right? So that is the pure definition of distance bias at a practical level. And I think at a neuroscience level, the brain tends to only respect and react and have emotions to something that is consistent with what we have known things to be recently, right? And that can be a problem. That can create blind spots for us. And blind spots, as we know in business, typically can lead to really crucial mistakes. So let me provide a very clear example. Distance bias, in my opinion, happens a lot with sales organizations and sales teams and sales representatives or executives, right? Folks that are supposed to inevitably hit a certain number in a quota, right? And so imagine you have an employee, her name is Marta, right? And Marta, over the last three weeks, have struggled very significantly when it comes to hitting certain numbers, now, Marta over the last year has done incredibly well. Marta not, not only has hit her numbers consistently over the last year, Marta has actually sat down with the sales executive, the CMO, um, other representatives inside the organization, has actually created some back-end operational processes to help other team members. Marta has brought a lot of energy to the organization from just a positivity. Marta has uh, remained very curious again to tweak her own best practices and to stay very alert while she's out in the field to notice what works and what doesn't work and has even created and and and, and um, formulated her own journal and Google Docs and, and has provided cadence of quarterly meetings where she sat down with her executives to unpack this information. Marta's done a lot. But over the last few weeks, Marta's been struggling and we're leading up to her performance review. We're leading up to the moment where Marta's going to be looking for more money. Marta's going to be looking for um, yeah, a, a raise. Marta's going to be looking for a new title. Now, typically what could happen and what has happened in the history of businesses, the, the, the supervisor of Marta may be stressed out. That human being may be stressed out because based off of Marta's lack of performance as of late, that has caused the organization to face troublesome issues. 
Now, those troublesome issues has caused her supervisor to get a lot of pushback negatively from the CEO, from other executives in the org. Now, Marta's supervisor is in a really interesting spot of, I don't want to say get fired, but it's dealing with a lot of fire, right? Not get fired, but dealing with a lot of fire, a lot of pressure, a lot of um, controversial conversations with one's executive. And so that person is now feeling a little bit uncomfortable as well. And so we all know what happens at a neuroscience and psychological level when someone that you're reporting, someone that, someone that you're supposed to be looking after and managing and supporting and developing is not doing something that you thought they would be able to do. And now a lot of the pressure is being put on you because that human being is not performing. And now you are being looked at differently. And now you are feeling slightly uncomfortable and disgruntled. And now you're looking at Marta from a negative point of view based off of your distance bias. Because what you're doing is you're now forgetting about all the things, all the processes, all the quarterly meetings, all the advice, all the moments that Marta really crushed it, all the consistency of numbers. You're forgetting about all of that because of what you're feeling right now. You're uncomfortable. You're scared. Maybe you literally just put a down payment on a, on a new house that is $30,000 more than you're typically comfortable spending, but you did it because Marta was crushing it in the past. You did it because, you know, you personally were crushing it. You did it because based off of certain things, you thought you were going to hit your sales numbers. You did it because you felt super comfortable. And so now all of that context, all that information is being is being swirled through your mind. And now you're beginning to get put into a threat response. Right. And now you're starting to look at Marta in an out group, not an in group. Right. In groups, out groups, like in groups are folks that you respect, that you can see and, 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 and respect and like and have passion around and And, um, you know, you see them like a friend or someone in your family or you can see certain variables of them that are similar to you. So in group, out group, I don't know you. I don't think I want to know you. I, I feel uncomfortable around you. I don't understand you. That's how the brain processes in groups and out groups. Right. And so here we are. Time to review. Marta and make a decision if we're going to give Marta more money and if we're going to give Marta a new title. So inevitably, the punchline is Marta does not get that title and does not get that extra money. And a lot of the data that was pulled to make that decision subconsciously, subconsciously was based off of the distance bias issues that I just explained. Because now that manager is going off of information and data based off of the most recent actions and experiences of Marta. There was no system in place within its organization to track and document all of the great things Marta did prior to these last three, four, five, six, seven weeks. So what do we do? How do we fix this? There's a couple thoughts that I have. Number one, Marta should be keeping track and she already has, but Marta should not only be keeping track of her wins, her losses, Moments that she set up new processes, moments that she presented ideas, moments that she helped the organization out throughout the rest of the year. Not only should she be keeping track of that, it could be in her own Google Docs, her own diary, uh, you know, uh, I don't care where she keeps it. But the organization should be pushing Marta not only to keep that, but review that on a monthly basis. And then reviewing that data should be done by her supervisor as well. And then so now... We're reviewing the data, 
based off of the traditional standard practices that should be in place when we create performance review processes. Marta now has her data. We now also, when it's time to review, if we're going to give Marta more money and a new title, we put a process and we put an accountability structure in place for that supervisor that, that should be pushed down from the head of people that says, we're not going to look at what's happened recently. We're going to look at the holistic picture and we're going to create metrics and systems and, and understand how to analyze and storytell the overall picture. And we're going to go back in Marta's history over the last year. We're going to go back in Marta's history over the last year and we're going to look at how that affected the organization emotionally, how that affected the affected other members in the organization tactically, how that affected the organization from a performance and sales perspective, how that allowed Marta to to get close to hitting her numbers or lack thereof, all that data. And then what we're going to do is right before this supervisor makes their decision, we're going to bring in another third party. It could be someone outside of the organization. It could be someone inside of the organization. And we're going to present all of that data the data from MARTA personally, the data that the organization has helped MARTA create, the data that the supervisor should have, and obviously the data of the most recent actions. And we're gonna put all that in front of the third party. Someone that has an objective point of view that does not know MARTA, that has no really emotional connection to MARTA, but at the same time does not have a commercial emotional connection to see that supervisor win either. They're just super objective trying to do what's right for any given organization. And we're going to have that person provide their details and their thoughts and their perspectives around what should happen. And then a decision will be made. And you probably can assume and guess the the bottom line and the punchline here. If you can go through all of that data, if you can analyze that data, if you can be smart and honest and thorough with that data, and then you bring in a third party to analyze that data, the third party, more often than not, will recognize and see that the 50 out, you know, the, the, the 47 out of the 52 weeks, the 39 out of the 52 weeks, Marta not only brought a lot of value to the organization emotionally and energy wise, not only would, did Marta tactically and operationally create and support around new systems and processes for the organization to improve sales processes and things of that nature, not only did Marta hit 80 or 90% of her goals, not only did Marta do X, Y, and Z. Marta obviously had a moment over the last few weeks where things did not go her way. And that's okay. And that's okay because people make mistakes. That is okay because shit happens. That is okay because we can improve upon that because there's pure history and clear history that Marta has the ability to perform. And so we will give Marta the more money. We will give Marta that new title. And then we will analyze what happened over the last few weeks and then we will make adjustments. And we will move forward. But what happens, and and here's the punchline, and I'll end this episode. But what happens so often inside of organizations, what happens with CEOs, what happens with with C-suite executives, what happens with supervisors, what happens with organizations overall, (coughs) excuse me, is we go off of distance bias. We let our emotions get in the way. We don't hold supervisors accountable with systems and processes to keep track and review holistic data. We give too much liberty in supervisors to make decisions based off of 
what has been happening recently, how that has affected them personally, how that has affected the organization recently, rather than looking at the holistic picture. And that is very disturbing. And that can no longer happen. And so if you are a CEO listening, if you are a head of people listening, if you are a manager or a director listening, if you are someone that has been affected by not being promoted or given more money due to distance bias, listening, follow and appreciate and listen to these next few words that I will spit here. Spit like I'm a rapper, right? <laughs> um, don't let distance bias get in your way. Raise your hand at the moment where the reviewing of this moment will be occurring, whether it's, again, it's more money, a different title, and say, you know what? I acknowledge that my emotions may get in the way during this process, but I won't let it. <clears throat> I acknowledge that the data that has been happening recently has affected me in X, Y, and Z way, and I, and I see that, and I'm looking at that, that scary monster, in because in, that's the way I look at it. Right? I look at bias as like a scary monster. I'm looking at that scary monster in his face, and I'm saying, I see you, I respect you, I'm scared of you, but I know there's so much more information behind you, and I'm going to fight through you to get to it. I need the head of people listening and the CEOs listening to judge managers harshly. When they consistently make the mistake of distance bias. I need organizations, CEOs, uh, heads of people to create and, and partner with organizations like David Rock's company with Nora Leadership or so many other you know, consultants out here in the DEI space. I need you to bring in resources to train your supervisors and your people to recognize distance bias. Teach them. <clears throat> Before implementing surveys where you're trying to collect employee feedback, I need you to teach employees that are not at the manager, director, or VP or executive levels what distance bias looks like and feels like. And push them and motivate them to tell you if this has been happening to them and allow them to share stories, share examples. And don't judge them or look at them negatively. Don't, 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 don't look at them in a negative light saying, well, maybe they're just upset or maybe they're just kind of talking shit or maybe they're just disgruntled. No, like respect the data, Ex respect the examples, respect where they're coming from. Don't hold judgment. Push past judgment. Something I think I'm very great at is respecting psychology. And taking practical psychology and the frameworks and the, and the examples and the processes that can support psychology and helping organizations figure out a way to do better. And that should be everyone's goal. So, number one, again, if you are ahead of people listening or someone in the organization that is responsible for these things listening... It may not be, and I'm, and I'm telling you right now, it should not be at times your job to know tactically every sort of technology or framework or process to do exactly what I said to remove distance bias in your organization. But it is your job. It is your job to remain curious and to recognize that podcasts like this and so many others that are way better like this actually exist. 
And it is your job to network and find the resources and the groups and the mentors and the perspectives outside of your organization and bring in that knowledge capital into the org and to change what is currently happening and implement process change, implement strategy change. That is your job. That is your job. CEO, it is your job to allow your head of people to do that. Supervisor, it is your job to not buck or push back against some of these moments because distance bias could also affect you when a C-suite executive is analyzing you. So the punchline is let's make some change. Let's never allow this distance bias to ever get in the way. Let's, um, let's do better. So just a few thoughts, just a few, just a few perspectives as always. Have a good day.